The first lesson is from Exodus. Now a new king arose from Egypt who did not know Joseph. He said to his people, look, the Israelite people are more numerous and more powerful than we. Come, let us deal shrewdly with them or they will increase and in the event of war, join our enemies and fight against us and escape from the land. Therefore, they set taskmasters over them to oppress them with forced labor. They built supply cities, Pithom and Ramesses for Pharaoh. But the more they were oppressed, the more they multiplied and spread, so that the Egyptians came to dread the Israelites. The Egyptians, the Egyptians became ruthless in imposing tasks on the Israelites and made their lives bitter with hard service in mortar and brick and in every kind of field labor. They were ruthless in all the tasks that they imposed on them. The king of Egypt said to the Hebrew midwives, one of whom was named Sifra and the other Pua, when you act as midwives to the Hebrew women and see them on the birth stool, if it is a boy, kill him, but if it is a girl, she shall live. But the midwives feared God. They did not do as the king of Egypt commanded them, but they let the boys live. So the king of Egypt summoned the midwives and said to them, Why have you done this and allowed the boys to live? The midwife said to Pharaoh, Because the Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women, for they are vigorous and give birth before the midwife comes to them. So God dealt with, well with the midwives, and the people multiplied and became very strong. And because the midwives feared God, he gave them families. Then Pharaoh commanded all his people, Every boy that is born to the Hebrews you shall throw into the Nile, but you shall let every girl live. Now a man from the house of Levi went and married a Levite woman. The woman conceived and bore a son. And when she saw that he was a fine baby, she hid him three months. When she could hide him no longer, she cut a papyrus basket for him and plastered it with bitumen and pitch. She put the child in it, and placed it among the reeds on the bank of the river. His sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. The daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the river while her attendants walked beside the river. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her maid to bring it. When she opened it, she saw the child. He was crying and she took pity on him. This must be one of the Hebrews' children, she said. Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and get you a nurse from the Hebrew women to nurse the child for you? Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Yes. So the girl went and called the child's mother. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child and nurse it for me, and I will give you your wages. So the woman took the child and nursed it. When the child grew up, she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and she took him as her son. She named him Moses because I threw him out of the water. The word of the Lord. Thanks be God. One of the things that I'm amazed about today's world is all the different kinds of jobs and careers that people can have. There's never been a time when there are more options for work for people to do. Uh, you can be an artist or an astronaut, a chef, a teacher, a politician, a, a welder, a therapist. Uh, you can even get a job doing things the way they did them a thousand years ago. 
in France right now, they are building a medieval castle using medieval techniques and tools and designs. And so you can go and you can get a job doing that if that's what you want to do. So they'll pay you money to do that. There's so many options. And employment can just be one part of our calling in life. There's also lots of other things to consider. Uh, should I get married? Should I have children? Where should I live? How should I spend my time? There's lots and lots of options. And we have to wrestle with all of these options throughout the course of our life. We have to continually think about these things and make decisions. Every day we have to answer this question, what am I going to do today? It's a lot to process. It's a lot to figure out and, and decide upon. And we need help to be able to navigate all of the choices that are presented to us day after day. And we need to be able to answer with clear conviction, this is what I am going to do today. We need to be able to know that in our heart and then to set forth and do it. Fortunately, God is purposeful and God is intentional and God desires good things for our life and God wants to help us. So starting this Sunday, we are beginning a five-part series on God's call for your life. And each week we're going to explore and hopefully help you better understand what God's call is for your life. How you can answer that question, what is it that God wants me to be doing? Over the course of this series, I am not going to give you specific answers to that question for your life. And that's because I don't have them. I'd give them to you if I could. Um, I would love to get an email each morning from God saying, here, John, here's what you need to do today, very specifically and detailed. That would be very nice for me. I'd really appreciate that, enjoy that. But I don't get that, and I don't know anyone who gets such an email. Instead, each week during this series, we're going to look at this question from a slightly different angle. And my hope is, is that as you listen, that you'll gain some tools that will help you explore and hear God's voice for your life, and so that you can then respond to God's voice and God's call on your life. Today's tool and keyword is story. That's what we're going to be thinking about. And our reading from Exodus is going to help us look at this keyword of story in a couple of particular and important ways. Our reading from Exodus, it opens with this reference to Joseph. And we've been reading about Joseph on Sunday mornings for the past few weeks from Genesis. Joseph was sold into slavery in Egypt by his brothers. And then he ultimately, over a number of events in his life, he rose to a place of power within the Egyptian government. And then he was kind of was given the choice and the option as his brothers were in a time of need and facing famine and starvation, uh, they came to Joseph and Joseph had the power to kind of decide what he was going to do with their lives. He could destroy them or he could forgive them. And Joseph chose to forgive them and provided a place for his brothers and their families to come and settle in Egypt and be provided for. Our reading tells us that time has passed since the day, those days of Joseph and his brothers and that generations have occurred, and that the current king of Egypt has no memory of Joseph anymore. He doesn't have any knowledge of him, or how all the Israelites came to be in Egypt. And the king is looking around and seeing all of these foreigners, and, the, and Pharaoh decides to oppress them because he's scared that this group of people might try to rise up and, and take over. Right? He's thinking, we need to make sure these people stay in their place. 
And so he enslaves them, and he makes them build things, and he forces them into harsher and harsher labor. But the Israelites, the descendants of Joseph and his brothers, they kept on growing in numbers. And so the king comes up with a new plan. He orders the midwives to kill all the baby boys that are born, born to the Israelites. But the midwives, they refuse to go along with this plan, and still more and more people are added to the Israelite nation. I told you that story is a key word for us today. Think about the midwives. There they were, living their lives, living out their story. They existed in a certain setting, in a certain context. And then choices were put before them. Do they listen to Pharaoh and kill the baby boys that they come across? Or do they ignore the king and let these babies live? Part of understanding God's call in our lives is understanding the context of the stories we live in. The midwives had to make a decision because someone else thrusted it upon them. Consider that fateful day where Pharaoh came and talked to the midwives and told them to engage in this murderous behavior. I doubt these women woke up that morning thinking about they were going to have to make such a choice. It probably wasn't anywhere on their radar that they had to think about killing babies. But now the Pharaoh put it before them, said, this is what I want you to do. The context of their, of their story forced them to a decision point for their life. And they had to decide who they were going to be and what they were going to do. They could be the kind of people that listen to Pharaoh and engage in sinful behavior, or they could be people who disobeyed Pharaoh and did what was right. When we think about God's call on our life, it doesn't happen in a vacuum. It isn't on a blank canvas. We are situated in the world, in a particular place, at a particular time, in a particular set of relationships. We are in a story that has already started. In my own story, I don't have to deal with the question of slavery in my everyday life in the same way that the Israelite people had to deal with. Right? When I go in the store, no one's offering to sell me a person. I don't get any ads in the mail to buy people. That's not something I have to think about or face on a daily basis. But there are other economic situations I have to deal with that the ancient Israelites didn't have to face. In a world today with over 40 million slaves and a globalized economy, I have to decide if I'm going to buy products that were made by slaves or not. That question is placed upon me because of my present context, because of the story in which I live. Additionally, part of the story we find ourselves on any given day is because of the things that have happened before today. I woke up this morning, and I'm the father of four kids. That's part of my story. That came about because of previous decisions and choices. But today, I have to decide how I will respond to that reality. Will I be a loving father, or will I decide to go and do something else? And each of my kids, they woke up this morning with me as their dad. And they have to respond to that. That's part of their story. And God will use that to shape their call on their lives. We all have certain aspects of reality, good and bad, given to us each day, that informs God's call on our lives. And we need to know that part. We need to think about that, our stories. We need to be able to name those parts of our personal stories and understand them 
if we want to understand what it is that God is calling us to do. Now, there's a second kind of story that we must consider if we want to understand God's call. And again, we see this in our story in Exodus as it continues and focuses on one Hebrew baby boy born. This child is placed in the river by his mother, hoping that salvation might come his way. And a daughter of Pharaoh finds this baby and decides to care for him. Again, in the story, each person is responding to their situation, their story. They're having to make choices. But there's another character present in this story that we don't always acknowledge in the scriptural stories we read. Sometimes the character is directly mentioned and it appears center stage. And sometimes this character is more hovering in the background, just slightly off stage. Consider why the midwives don't go along with Pharaoh's plan to kill these baby boys. The text tells us that these ladies, they feared God. They reverenced and respected God and God's views on things. And they knew that God didn't want them to go around and do things like kill babies. When we read the Bible, we see God acting directly at times. And at other times, we see God acting through the lives of people. Just like in this case with the midwives. Throughout the biblical story, God is acting. God is intentional and purposeful, desiring a certain outcome for reality. Desiring that all of creation might live in right relationship with God and with one another. When we read through the Bible, we see God showing up in various ways and saying, this is how I want things to be. Even when some people behave wrongly like Pharaoh does, God continues to work to bring things along according to God's purposes. God works through the lives of the midwives. God works through the lives of Pharaoh's daughter and on and on. Reading through the Bible and the whole story of God's revelation and action in creation gives us an idea about what God thinks matters and about what God wants us to do. This story in Exodus reveals how Moses as a baby was saved from evil intentions. The Bible goes on with this story as we will see in the coming weeks about Moses' life and all the choices that he makes. And how this story produces ramifications for the following generations of people. Over the generations and over the years, the Bible continues to tell this story up until the climactic point of the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, revealing the salvation of God for all people in all places at all times. If we want to know what God wants us to do with our lives, we need to know God's story as it's revealed to us in the Bible. We have to read and study the Bible, learn how God has acted and what God thinks matters. And as we get to know God's story, we gain insights into how we should respond to our particular stories in our lives today. So read your Bible, listen to sermons, go to Bible studies, engage with the story of Scripture enough that it seeps into your bones. This morning we've talked about two kinds of stories. We've talked about the need to know our own stories, the stories of our lives. Who am I in relationship with? What's happening around me? What choices are being put before me? And we also need to know God's story and how God acts in Scripture. And how these two stories come together in each of our particular lives gives us each direction 
for what God is calling us to do. For instance, I know from God's story that God wants me to love my neighbors. Now I have to look at my own story and see who my neighbors are and what are their needs and learn those needs and then work to meet their needs in love. So this week, spend some time thinking about the story of your life and then also spend some time thinking about what God's story is. And as you do that work, that will give you a powerful tool that will go a long way in helping you discern and know what God is calling you to do with your life.